this is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando. Episode 51, Bernie Williams. I don't know why I've been waiting to say 51 Bernie Williams, but I have. I just can't believe we're at episode 51. And at episode 50, I got a lot of people coming out of the woodwork and congratulating me. It's not me. It's you guys. It's the people who are actually listening to this podcast. It's crazy. So it's Brando here, Appetite for Distortion. And uh, my co-host slash guest today, uh, actually, you're you're a repeat guest. Let's just say that. I'm not going to make it too complicated and try to bring <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Yeah, I try to be too clever sometimes, and it usually fails. Uh, Alex Grassi, how, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. You're calling from Vegas again? Yeah, I'm in Vegas right now, getting ready to go back on the road with Quiet Riot this weekend. And, uh... Yep, loving the uh, warm weather. It's nice. Awesome. I, it's, so we can have a, a personal bond with Vegas because I've yet to been uh, to go. My youngest brother, oh, really? yeah. yeah, my youngest brother who just turned twenty one went to Vegas for the second time. So he was uh, in, for school, believe it or not. So he enjoyed his time in Vegas, and he bought me a Golden Knights T shirt for fifty bucks. I asked him to get me like a twenty dollar hat, but he but it's a nice shirt, Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, cool. Because uh, I'm I'm a hockey guy, and my um. Because I have three younger brothers, not like anyone gives a shit. But here's the Vegas ties. He just left to go to Vegas today for a bachelor party. So we'll oh see if I ever see him again. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's always funny because you know we we mainly do fly days. So I'm leaving on the week, leaving like say Thursday, Thursday night or Friday morning when people are coming in to, to to the for the weekend to go to Vegas, and I'm coming back on like Sunday night when they're leaving, when they're leaving Vegas, and it's like. They're coming in off psyched and they're going to party. They're going to win a million bucks and they're coming to leave and hung over, missing a shoe. They just blew all their kids' college money. It's like the the, the difference in, in two days, what it makes in the, in the clientele, it's pretty astonishing. It's pretty amazing. I can't imagine. How, and, but you're not originally from there. I know we got your story uh, when you were Yeah, no, I'm from, I'm from the East Coast. Right. I lived in L.A. for 15 years. I just kind of moved out here just to get out away from Hollywood for a while. I love it out here. It's nice and quiet. I don't gamble. I don't hang out on the strip. It's just a, just a cool desert area, you know? It seems to be. I'll make my venture out there. Although last time we spoke, I said I was going to make my venture out to see Hookers and Blow in Queens, but I was working the the Sweat Hotel that night. Keith Sweat's uh, radio oh. show. So <laughs> instead of, uh, I had that today. We'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah, right on. And we're going to get into because you're adding more dates. That's why I wanted you to come on. You're going to be on tour with uh, with Dizzy Reed. And mm-hmm. has, the, has the lineup changed at all? Is Don Jameson also still rock, doing rock and roll comedy um, for you guys? Don, Don comes out for most of the tours and does comedy and, uh, the lineup's pretty solid as far as myself, obviously Dizzy Reed and uh, Johnny Kelly on drums, and then we have Todd Kearns playing bass and Chip Enough playing bass. Oh, alternating yeah. whatever they, based on availability, really. That's it. Right on. Okay, because we had uh, Todd Kearns on uh, before. I mean, I know. Oh, cool. An- another super nice guy. That's what I love. All these, the, great. You know, in this as this podcast is, this uh, world of GNR somehow, I mean, everyone's connected. So, I mean, it's just, yep. you know, a Slash's bandmate is now joining a an Axel bandmate, meaning, you know, a Todd and and uh, and Dizzy, but, of course, Axel and Slash together now. But it's just it's just weird how everything, it's, I don't know, very incestuous. It's smaller. The, whole, the, the, uh, the, the, the music business itself is very much a small community, if you think about it. You don't realize it until you're in it, but everyone knows everybody. There's probably kinds of, like, uh, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon type thing. Everyone's played with everybody. Or 
you know, dated everyone's girlfriends or, you know, something. There's always a connection in one way, shape, or form. That's why I like you, Alex, because I always say, where are the, the six degrees of Gene R. Bacon? I always say that. That's always the, the connection. Because That's funny. Uh, because, so, then keep me up to, so what's going on? Like, where are you now? Are you about to go on uh, on tour again with, with Hookers and Below? When's the, the West Coast dates, right? Yeah, we have um, three shows this month. We're doing uh, Hollywood, Vegas, and Arizona, uh, 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 the Phoenix market. And then the following month, we're doing a Texas run. We're doing two shows in Houston. And then for Cinco de Mayo, we're doing uh, a Dallas area show which is with, with Todd Curran. So we're staying busy. And then I, I believe at that point, GNR is going to be revving up for the summer. And then we got some more stuff coming up in the fall. So whenever we, whenever we can all do it, we do it because it's a lot of fun, you know? Isn't so. it, it amazing to you? Because uh, I believe you said that last time that you uh, that you just can't believe this is still going and continuing. It was kind of just a fun band that you and Disney you know, put together. Yeah, there was, no, there was never the intention of taking a, a, a bar band, jam band, side project this far. I mean, it's been 15 years now, and we still we get more and more offers, and it's become more and more viable. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that. But at the same time, you know, we have worked really hard and to make it a brand that stands on its own, not just us, you know, one of those thrown together, thrown together all-star cover bands right. or whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's just kind of got its own thing. The name doesn't hurt, you know? So yeah, no, it's, it surprises me in some aspects, but at the end of the day, it's like people like to go out and have fun and it's, it's a, it's an easy night out. It's like, you're going to hear songs you like and we're having fun. They're having fun. There's, it's, it's a no brainer. I was kind of worried uh, because in 2018, where everybody gets offended by everything, you guys are in a amazing bus, but it says "hookers and blow" right across the side. And if that was yeah, that, that that you know every, that that came about actually. The idea for that came about last fall around Halloween. Um, I got a bunch of tour dates lined up, and I realized in January that Quiet Riot was going to be not very busy. Um, GNR wasn't going to be playing that much. Um, and uh, Johnny wasn't, and we basically had a band, and I had a bunch of offers, and I'm looking at the map of the country, I go, you know what, we could do this in a bus. So I lined up some sponsors, I found the bus, and I said, well, if we're going to get a bus, we might as well wrap it, right? Yeah. Why, you know, the obvious rational decision is to put hookers and blow on the side of a tour bus and drag it across the country. <laughs> and I, I call it's still just Giant. saying it and flippantly yeah. it sounds so, unless you know hookers and blow is a band it's like yeah we just put some hookers and some blow on the side of a you know it's just well, like, no yeah, we brought, we had it brought to a rap company in Salt Lake City which is where the first tour day was and it had it wrapped it was like you know seven grand to put this big sticker over the bus with our logo on it and we did it mainly because Billy and I have always talked about how it's the band is it's not really a band it's we just play covers and goof around, but the logo is, it's one of those t-shirts that could sell forever. You know what I mean? Absolutely. There's certain, I mean, I, I think the Jack Daniels have probably sold more shirts than they have booze. Hmm. I think the Ramones have probably sold more shirts than they have records. You know what, you're I think probably the right. have probably sold more shirts than they have records. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the shirt becomes iconic and it's just it's something people want. And, uh, I saw it on, out on tour. We literally were selling shirts to the point where I was having boxes of them shipped in to different venues. Like we would meet the box of the shirts at the venues because we'd be running out of them, you know. And we weren't, you know. Ask anybody. We don't draw a ton of people. It's, it's a club band, mm-hmm. you know. But people want the shirt and everything. And I said, just put it on the side of the bus. It'll be cute. It'll be funny. And <laughs> we'll get pulled over. It'll be, you know. We never got pulled over though, unfortunately. Yeah, but, but you you were telling me off air that some other things happened that were ridiculous. We, we got a lot of resistance from a lot of sponsors, actually, because any, any touring band in the U.S., 
they're going to be sponsored by, say, Miller Lite or, you know, Heineken or Red Bull or Monster. There's always a big energy drink or a liquor company or something or a car company involved with the promoter. And a couple shows, the, the liquor company that was involved said, we will not promote a show called Hookers and Blow. <laughs> and I said, okay, well, just call it Disney with GNR or Hollywood All-Stars, whatever you want to call it. But the irony is they were, they were adamant about not putting Hookers and Blow in the front of the club under their logo. But then we pull up in a 45-foot bus and <laughs> their logo with our logo. So I'm like, yeah, go ahead. Don't put it on the marquee. You're not going to see the marquee anyways. And they're freaking out saying, I'm going to move the bus. And I, no, it's a contract. Come on. And, um, you know, yeah, we, we didn't make a lot of friends in that aspect. But at the same time, it's like, if you don't get it, you don't want to sponsor us over that, then we don't want you to sponsor us anyway. So, right, you know, right. there's plenty of other people that will, you know. No, you're right. So. Obviously, to a lesser extent, I mean, nowadays, I mean, I don't know if people would be friend, offended. I mean, I guess it's too much of a brand now by just having guns and roses. I think there was a period of time. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was. I, th- I think anything will offend anybody depending on what, 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 the, context, mm-hmm. what the context is. I think, uh, you know, Certain parts of the country are more uh, more open to stuff like that, as opposed to, like, say, if you're in the Bible Belt somewhere, or Pennsylvania, for some reason, really didn't like it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Western Ohio, whatever, you know, it, you know it's, it's, again, I don't blame the people, I don't blame the, the city or the town, it's, it's the guy in charge of the, uh, the beer company's, you know, budget for sponsorship doesn't like it, then it's his decision, I respect that, but I'm not changing the boss, we're not changing their name, so we just don't work together, that's all. Do you have a different yeah. perspective? Because I know now, in addition to just being a musician, you know, you, you, you're a booking agent. Do you... Yeah. So do you... How do you look at it? Do you look at it... I don't know, do you look at it like, at different eyes, through different eyes? At, do you look at it through, like, a, a booking agent's eyes? Like, okay, who Well, I look at with? it, and you want... So the, the, the key to anything when you're doing, working on you know, both sides of the business is keep everybody happy. Keep the client happy and keep the promoter happy. And in a situation like that, you're not going to, but at the end of the day, it's a business. And you're there to make money. You say, look, guys, it's not personal. It's business. They don't like this. So do something about it. And, you know, if, if the, the client wants to work and make money, they'll, they'll, make, they'll bend a little bit. And then if the promoter wants to make money by selling the client's tickets, they'll bend a little bit. I mean, it's not... It's not like life-changing decisions here. It's just maybe move this logo off for the night or change this advertising, whatever. It's nothing big. Um, anyway, you know, if you're going to stick to your guns on something, stick to it on something more meaningful than a beer logo, you know? Well, that's good that you don't get um, like too annoyed with it. You're like, hey, I'm just, I just want to no. play. You know, I just want. But yeah, that, no, I, I guess I, that's I, right. Yeah, I get it. You're not going to change. We're not going to. We're not going to move. We'll just figure out a way to make everybody happy tonight. But you know, we're not going to alter the whole tour because one or two shows that you know, doesn't like the name of the band. That, that's, it's, it's actually not possible, you know? Then how did Hookers and Blow play an old folks' home? Rumor has it. How did that we happen? Did, <laughs> well, I grew up in Connecticut, as you know, and I have a friend there who ended up getting the job as he's, he's the manager of this, of this high-end uh, retirement community in uh, Southern Connecticut. And he texted me back in December and he goes, hey, uh, can you guys do like a piano acoustic thing for our lunchtime crowd at the uh, retirement home? I go, wait, what? And he texted me a photo of this like 18, you know, people eating lunch at a piano and got a guy playing acoustic guitar. I go, we could, why? And he goes, well, you know, for the, for the staff and, you know, I think he just wanted to impress a chick that worked there or something. <laughs> I said, dude, I'll tell you what, I'll send you a contract. I'll send you, you know, all our stipulations and our, our financial needs. And if you can do it, because, you know, I think Pfizer paid the tab, which is nice. Hmm. Um, 
and uh, he, he everything was on the up and up, and we happened to be in, you know, he, we routed it where we were going to be in that town anyways. And at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, we pulled the hookers and blow bus up to a retirement home, and Dizzy and I got out and played three songs, acoustic, guitar, and piano, and they loved, actually loved it. It was really cool, honestly. It was really... Uh, I hope you didn't play, like, Don't Fear the Reaper or anything. Well, we didn't do knocking on heaven's door. That was <laughs> or, right. or dead flowers, or live right. and let die, or dust bones. <laughs> yes, you know those yes. are uh, those were those were kind of a little too morose for the uh, for okay. the audience. Right. But we actually just we just jammed a little bit and played, you know, some old standards, and, and they loved it. I mean, they were they were just so happy to have any kind of entertainment in there, and you know, sure. they, they had no clue who any of us were, but they just wanted. They were they were just happy. We hung out with them and. Uh, it was cool. I mean, it reminded me when I go visit my my grandparents when they were alive. It's they're just they get a kick out of. To, to, well, we're we're younger people to them. Sure. So we're not younger people, but you know, no, it was it was actually a very positive experience, and in my opinion, one of the best parts of the tour because we actually did something nice for somebody, and it, it felt good. It was a lot of fun. I like that. You should always lead with that hookers and blow, caring for the old people. Yeah, we you know we yeah, and, and it basically if you think about it, if you do another tour, there's uh, there's one in every city. We could do it every day, double our money. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes uh, it could be the uh, the cruise ship market, and then you have the casino market. Maybe now the oh, retirement yeah, yeah. home market. I don't know. You may have something. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, at some point we're going to be walking with walkers, so why not just you know cut to the chase? You know. That's funny. I have, I walk with a cane, so I'm halfway there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and the the funny the not funny thing, but the irony is, you know, they they don't, they didn't know who we were, but they loved it. They were just. All into it, clapping. A couple, one dude started got up on his, his uh, you know, little rascal, whatever you call it, the little motorized bicycle oh, thing sure. there, and he was dancing. He was great. He was great. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. No, I like that. Maybe next time I'll go to that show. That that would I would enjoy. Yeah. If we do it again, it'll be like in the New Haven, Connecticut area. So right on. Uh, so yeah. as we're talking about booking, um, I think we all learned through you that there's going to be an Adler's Appetite. There there could be dates. For that. There, there are, yeah, there's a couple of dates on the books right, right now. Um, I can tell you there's Las Vegas is booked at the Golden Nugget Casino. The, that's for the summer. And the big debut show is at the Whiskey A Go-Go in Hollywood on May 10th. And yes. there's an Australian tour. There's a lot of other big shows that are going to be announced. Um, until they announce all the dates at once, I really don't want to go into too many details because I don't know what is what and how they're going to roll it out. But sure. I, it's, I, I do know this. I think a lot of people are going to be very pleasantly surprised with what they see as far as who's in the band and what they're doing. It's not what they've seen before. It's a different thing. It's very cool. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. And I'm, I was really excited to see their um, the, the the show at the Whiskey, uh, our friends in Classless Act. That's their first show, I believe. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, because we interviewed uh, London and, uh, and Nico. So that's just very cool to see the GNR family kind of grow that way. And I'm looking forward to those, those dates because I know you have played with, uh, of course, Adler's Appetite in, in the past. Um, yeah, oh, for a couple of years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so let's go back, though, to uh, to Hookers and Blow, though, of course, as we always do. Because mm-hmm. I'm interviewing uh, Jim Florentine coming up. Has there ever been mm-hmm. talks of doing, you know, like a, that metal show reunion uh, as a part of? Because I, I guess when I was talking to Don, I was asking, like, how does he set up to be a, uh, an opener for a rock show? And it just got me, you know, thinking when I've, you know, tweeted or emailed Don back and forth. Why not do like a live that metal show, you know, kind of thing? So I don't know. Well, I mean, they, they could. It would definitely work. I'm sure people would be in, very, very much into it for sure. You know. Have you I talked to any other comedians? Comedians where Don, uh, you can't make those dates because I like that idea just in general. 
of rock. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if any other comedian could do what Don does with us. <laughs> That's you fair. Know, Don, Don's a rock, Don's a rock. A lot of comedians claim to be rock and roll, heavy metal comedians. Don is. That is and I know this because I've, you know, I've booked other comedians and they don't roll the way Don does. Don was on a bus with us for a month. With us. Mm. Okay? That's not normal living for uh, no normal human being. I mean, it's, it's, a heavy, it's rock and roll. I mean, Dizzy and I and Johnny and Chip this is what we do. We're lifers. We don't know anything else. Um, and comedians usually fly in, go to the hotel, fly back home after the show, and it's really easy. When you're on a tour bus, you're living at 24-7. You know, you get in your bunk, and that's your home for, for a month, you know. Um, and Don, you know, he, he he's a trooper, man. He, he gets it. He has the, the bedside manner and the sense of humor to roll with it. And... Like he, like I said, I mean, I was watching this thing on Sam Kinison talking about how he was the rock and roll heavy metal comedian. I'm like, I don't know about that. I mean, I'm, he, he was great, obviously, but I'm not quite sure if he could have handled what we had going on as far as just the travel arrangements and whatnot. And um, I don't, you know, would we get another comedian? I don't, I don't even know any really. I mean, Don, I've known Don as Don. I didn't know he was a comedian when I met him. Sure, oh, that's um, interesting. That's why I, I, I yeah. thought of. Uh, I mean, in addition to just interviewing uh, Jim Florentine in a future episode. But I always thought that way too, where there are a lot of comedians that come up on stage and they're you know tatted and all and you know they look like me, but I I know I'm not a rocker, so it's like I don't like when someone pretends to be a rocker when you're not a rocker. But Don definitely fits that. Florentine fits that because we watch them on that metal show. So yeah, so they, they they know their shit. They live it. You know they're, they're, they grew up listening to it. Yeah, right on. Uh, actually, let me ask you, um, Dizzy Reed's new record. Did you work on that at all? Yeah, I played on, I believe, four tracks on that record. I just got a copy of it. I, I did, it was years ago. I did the recordings, but it came out really, really great. I mean, it sounds amazing. And, uh, yeah, I did, a, a, I think, four tracks on that record, and um, along with some really, really great players. I mean, if you look at the credits, it's like, wow. It's a who's who of, of heavy metal, active rock, alternative rock, old school stuff. It's really, you've got a very eclectic mix of people on there. It is a really good record now, because we got a lot of questions for you, and I'll just credit that one to... Uh... One of our loyal listeners, uh, Alex from uh, Moore Park, because uh, he he's, thinks the record is great, a fan of you, and uh, I guess he wanted to know in general. But now we know you don't remember the the songs because uh, fans are like that. On? Yeah. Oh, I can tell you right now, it's gonna be album cover. Hold on. <laughs> it's, <laughs> okay. it, you know, the strangest thing was when I recorded a lot of the guitar parts, the lyrics were in, the the vocals hadn't been tracked yet, so I didn't know the actual names of the songs. We all had like working titles, but um. I played on. Let's see here. And if you um, and if you remember, last time we found out that you had contributed to GNR compilation records that you had no idea. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I so that's why I ask. There's still a few of those popping up. Um, okay, I played guitar on a song called "The First One's Fragile Water," which is a really cool song, and, and that was myself on guitar. Adrian Young from No Doubt, the drummer. Oh, well, yeah! Wow. Um, okay. Ch- Chuck Wright from Quiet Riot on bass. Richard Fortas on guitar. And Bumblefoot on guitar, and Dizzy, of course. Oh, okay. so it was me, Richard Bumblefoot on guitars, on all three guitars, and then the rhythm section from well, the, the bass player for Quiet Riot and the drummer for No Doubt for that one. And uh, let's see here, a lot of credits here. Um, I also played on the track um, called Understanding, and that's that's basically GNR with me. It's uh, hmm. Frank. Tommy Stinson, Richard Fortis, myself, Bumblefoot, Dizzy, and Del James. So they're all there. It's like a family reunion. What did Del do on it? Oh, he does a lot of backup vocals and stuff. Del Del was a big part of the record. He produced it, and 
you know, co- co-wrote some of the songs. It was great. It was really fun working with those guys. Maybe it's my ignorance. I had no idea Dell did, you know, vocals. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I, there's, you'd be surprised what people can do in the studio. I mean, there's actually one song Jim Florentine sang back up vocals on with that <laughs> low voice of his. It yeah. fit in perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like, it was perfect. Um, and I also played uh, Rock and Rolling Easy, the title track. Um, I played guitar on that, and I played guitar on a song called Crestfallen, which is really cool. So, And there's a bunch of other guys on there, too. If you're a GNR fan, I mean, pretty much almost the whole band's on there, along with pretty much, you know, you name it, guys from Danzig, Psychedelic Furs. It's, it's a really, really uh, great mix of guys. How long did so. it take you to put, because uh, you said you would put down these uh, the guitar parts when there were no titles. So how long was were you working on uh, his record? I, you know, tell you, I, I, I was there for a couple months, and I, I went on the road, and they kept working on it because it was it was a, a building process. I mean, Rock and Roll and Easy had a title, but yeah, they had like working titles or like that they would change the title for the record or whatever. I mean, that's why I said I, I know I played on, a, on four of the songs. I just can't remember what they're called until I look at the... Uh, the CD case here, but um, yeah, no, it took a few months. I mean, it was very—it was all like you know, whenever anyone had time, you go in and do it. And um, and I actually wasn't there for a lot of the, the heavy lifting because I did my parts and it kind of took off on the road. Um, and, I, and they kept it working on it for a good solid year or two afterwards. So, right on. It was definitely a, a long process for, for sure. Right on, because yeah, you're you're a busy man. You have your your kind of your hands in all sorts of uh, cookie jars, including. Uh, being misquoted, <laughs> you had the, the misfortune. Well, of, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? That, that, I want to talk that, about that. That's, that's you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Um, that interview that got me to the front page of Blabbermouth. You know, look, ma. Um, that interview was done just to promote a show that I was doing with Dizzy, and it was all of ten minutes with a really nice kid in up the Chicago area for um some independent rock site. And uh, we, we mainly just talked about the tour, and he asked me about that Jack White thing where he was having people lock up their cell phones at the shows, and Guns did it at the Troubadour show when they first came back out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, you know, and at a club show, it's easy, but at an arena, I was really intrigued when the business tried to do it. They did do it. They did it in L.A. and in Vegas where you walked in, they gave you some sort of pouch to put your phone in, and they locked it up because they didn't want people zooming. A lot of people don't I mean... I know, pretty much every musician I know at one point is like, man, I wish they would put their phones away because sometimes it's just out of control. At the same time, it's like, yeah, you want to get a little souvenir. I have no problem with that. But, but you know, it was a fine line. And I said I love the fact that they took the phones away. And, and what I meant was, what I, I, what I mean, and I stand by it, is I do love the fact that they can do that because it gives the artist control over something again, which for a long time, there was a lot of things that we didn't have control over, be it the internet downloads, you know, touring sites, sure. YouTubes, and, you know, it's just something that you can control to keep your live environment the way you want it. Some guys love filming, some guys don't, but having the choice is very important, I think, you know. I, I think everybody would, would agree with that. It's, it's America, you know. If you don't want someone filming your show and you're the performer, you have the right to take it down, you know. I agree with you. And it started, I mean, I think it might have been Dave Chappelle that started that trend, you know, he, had, oh, he did it too, yeah. Right? I, I think he did it for stand-up. Yeah, he did it too, yeah. And I can get that because that's ruining material where I mean, you can always enjoy it, a song. It, ru- it ruins, but you're going to hear the joke. You want, you want the joke to be fresh when you tell it live, not on YouTube all week, you know? Right, It's because a joke is different than a song. But uh, yeah, exactly. I was, and I think I did talk about it. You mentioned uh, Danzig. Uh, who, was, uh, who from Danzig was on the uh, Dizzy record? Uh, uh, Todd Youth. Okay, so I went to go see Danzig himself. Um, a few months ago at the Paramount on... I don't believe he's still in the band now, but uh, yeah, Todd was in Danzig at one point. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, I, I'm going to see the, quote, uh, reunited Misfits uh, in right. March. But uh, this was just uh, Danzig, and I had never seen him before. And now they they had the no-phone policy. And I'm like, I, it's Danzig. Did they, have a, did, they, did they enforce it? Did they, like, yes. Totally yes. Yeah. So even I'm, I'm in the back. And, okay, so let me ask you this. This was, um, And I agree with you. It can be very distracting to, you know, musicians, and especially if you're up front – I don't know, because you just want to lose yourself, I'm sure, in, in the solo, in the moment, and people just... It's like being on TV. I'm sure it's a different mindset. But I'm kind of like in the back, and I go to take up my, my phone, just take a quick picture, and right away, security comes over, goes, no, no. And I can see, he's like, do it again, you're out. And they did kick somebody out. And this was, you know... Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they did that for years with cameras and, and video recorders. It just phones turned into those, so they had to catch up to it. But I mean, if you pulled... I mean, in 2006, I brought my mom to see GNR, and she, you know, my mom doesn't, you know, she's just excited to be there. She pulled out one of those disposable Kodak cameras, and she, yep, there to go, and they took it away. You know, and, my, and she has a backstreet class and everything, they just don't care. That's, that's the, the venue's policy, that's the, the band's policy, and, you know, okay, whatever, you, you know, you don't get mad about it, it's the rules, I guess, you know, I don't, I don't lose any sleep over it, you know, be it my show or someone else's show, it's you know, you gotta respect that. I mean, I, I, I defy anybody to go to a Broadway musical and try to film it or take a picture. You know, I mean, yeah. go ahead, try it. You know. No, yeah, and and I get it, and I want to because again, it's their show, and I'm just now thinking at it as a, a fan perspective, and I want you to, you know, not get misquoted uh, this time around, which is of course no fault of the interviewer. It's just sometimes that's just how. No, no, I, I, you know, look, look, it's like you said, clickbait. That that little line there, that point, it, it makes people click on it, and they go, oh, that guy's an asshole. The, the knee-jerk reaction. Okay, fine, I'm an asshole. You hate me, you hate my band. You're never gonna come see me again. And you know what it reminded me of? It's like when I was a kid, I um I used to watch WWF wrestling, and they had the pay-per-view, the you know the WrestleMania, where you you know yeah. on the big event you. I still watch all the, the time. Sure. Yeah, you call the you call the cable company and put your credit card down and. Um, Sunday night, you got the pay-per-view event. And I had all my friends over, and for some reason, the cable went out, just dead. And I paid for you know pay-per-view, and we got no wrestling. I was so mad. And the next morning, I called Cox Cable, and I got him on the phone. This is before you know the internet and everything. I had to call him, pick up the phone, and everything, and uh, talk to another human being. Believe it or not, uh. and uh, I, I you know I went off on this chick. I said. I, I, I had 10 people over here and there was no WrestleMania. How dare you guys? I will never use Cox Cable again. <laughs> You've just lost yourself a customer for life. Click. And you know what I'm looking at right now? <sighs> My Cox Cable bill I got to pay next week. <laughs> <laughs> 25 years later, I'm still using Cox Cable. So, you know, yeah, you just lost yourself a customer or a fan. Yeah, well, you know what? Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, right. If they took my phone away, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to like Danzig. Um, I I can't remember if you they can't play the band for it or whatever. There's there's different policies everywhere, and it's just like oh sure, you know, and and people need to realize that just because you buy a ticket to a show doesn't give you the right to do whatever you want. I mean, you buy a ticket, oh yes, watch right. the show. You can't take it with you and sell it and upload it and do whatever. And that's not in, in the deal. And most bands' contracts have that. Most bands, including my own, we don't enforce it. We don't take people's phones. But I love the fact, and I'll say love again that you can if you want because I know a lot of artists get very distracted and, and bummed out by it and including myself I, you know it's hard to walk out on stage when you're playing to an iPad not even a phone a pad yeah you that's know, really weird that's kind of really like weird, weird. Yeah. I don't know that, that's see that's ridiculous All right, if you ha- everyone has their phone on you whatever it's sometimes like hey quick post hey look I'm at the, uh, the Hookers and Blow concert I'm, I'm, I'm out seeing Quiet Riot but if you're 
you took your your tablet. Like you know what yeah. you're doing with that. So like that kind yeah. of shit. But those kind of fans, I feel like ruin it for everybody else. Well, and, and, and you know, I always see, I see one guy doing it, and I see eight people in back that are shorter than him or in, his, in the in, you know, block, having their view being blocked, and they're really upset, and, and then they get mad at the band. And, you know, it's like, it's just, it, it doesn't make, it, no, nobody wins, you know? It's just, I know. And, but again, it's not a big issue. People like, uh, like to make it more than it is, but it oh, is no, a thing sure. that I think needs to be, I think everyone agrees that it needs to be, you know, not, not, Band, maybe tapered down or whatever, or, or regulated somehow. You know, I mean, I want it to be so. I mean, which is never going to happen because the human, the human race impossible. is what it is. You're not going to control that, yeah. But I just want people to have like self control with it. Like again, if you're up front to have your phone right up there, it's like okay, that could be really. It's going to be a great video later. Like oh wow, you were up front. You know, like uh, example would be like when I was at Axel DC. You know, there are times I'd be yeah. bring up my camera. I mean, everyone had their camera up anyway. But it comes to a point where, like, hey, I'm actually physically here. I should probably enjoy the show. You enjoy the show, my, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, that's, I mean, the best show, the, the best show, I mean, it's funny, I, I was not at the GNR Troubadour show, and this is in Hollywood where everybody is on their phone 24-7, and I got a call from my buddy who was there right after he got out, and he goes, dude, it was the best show ever. I go, really? The band was great. He goes, the band was great, but nobody had their phones. Everyone was watching it. It was like 20 years ago. I go, Wow, I didn't. Th- you don't. You don't realize what it was like back then to not have that in your face all night long. And and when they did the Troubadour, that was they were very very strict about it, and it worked. I'm sure a couple YouTubes are out there, but I mean there was no sea of cell phones. You know. No, I think um, the video for the Troubadour show, some of them like the higher, uh, the balcony, it came out like a few yeah. days later. Which again, in the internet world, is like it's something should have came out immediately. And I don't remember because right. we're talking now uh, versus today versus years ago. I don't remember if 2002 when I saw, you know, GNR with Buckethead. If there was a phone policy then, I don't even remember what I had then. It might have been like a Nokia or. I don't think it. Well, I don't think that. I don't think it was really a big that big of an issue because not everyone had video on their phone. Yeah, them. I think that's that's you why know? right because there was a point. Yeah. And I'm thinking because Axel for a while didn't. You know, went to hiding, didn't want to be seen for whatever, you know, for whatever reason. I'm not going to assume. But now, you know, and I was even thinking about that now, uh, going to shows. But they, there's nothing out there because there was a, you know, Axel had the, if anyone had a slash shirt on, you had to turn that inside out, that rumor, whether it's true or not. What, but I just didn't well, know, you know this if, time if, around. If it, is, if it is out there, it can be taken down very easily by the artist. That's another thing. It's like, you know, you can videotape all you want, but at the end of the day, if you want the video down, the artist just have to take it down. Sure. Footage. You know, if you if you appear in footage alive, you, it's you on there. You you have the right to have it removed. You didn't give permission for the filming. You know, and and people that don't understand the music business or the law or the trademark clause or, you know, the copyright acts or whatever, they they whoa! I took the I bought the ticket. It's my phone. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's your footage, dude. I'm in it with operation. Take it down. You lose. So yeah, you know, it's it's a pain in the ass, and people think you're an asshole for doing it, which I don't care. But that's that's how it goes. It's like. Intellectual property is intellectual property, you know. So no, absolutely, and also yep. your your audio property is your audio property. So whatever and, you and say, your, <laughs> and your performance on that, uh, you're, you performing on stage is your copyrighted performance. That that three minutes of you is yours, um, unless we get someone permission to to, to uh, you know distribute it, be it YouTube or their Facebook page or whatever. Then it's got you know you can take it down. I mean. I don't think too many people do it, but I mean, there's been a lot of things they don't want out on, the, out on the internet, and it goes away because you know once Google and YouTube merge together, they have to make a, new, a lot of new laws to protect you know all, you know their their companies. You know, 
What does so, that do for a band like Quiet Riot? Like, what is, how does Frankie look at it? You know, because obviously... I mean, it, it ain't, I, you know, I don't, you know, it's just really... I mean, for any band, touring, is, it, it's a useful tool. It's definitely a good promotion. If you get a good good audience and a good audio and a good, you know, a good video, they, we, you can use it to promote. But at the same time, it's like, you don't want everything out there all the time. You want people to want to see the show. So, you know, I think the feeling is it's cool, but, you know, not... You don't want 50 videos from each show out there. So I don't think there's any real, you know, yes or no. It's just like, you know... I think everyone feels a lot, kind of the same way. It's it's cool, but it should be moderated to a extent, you know. So there really is no like no solution to it. I mean, it's kind of just case by case. I don't, basis, you know, right? I don't know. I think, I mean, I know that they're changing a lot of the laws as far as what you can upload and own. Um, and they, you know, I guess it's it's really just a matter of what it's, it's like society. It's like people know not to walk into a movie theater and do that. You never would sure. film a movie. Yes, right. Because at a movie theater, you get you get yelled at and kicked out, but at a concert, it still is acceptable. That's but, an you know, interesting analogy. Think actually. about this, though. 35 years ago, you could smoke on an airplane, and where are we, where are we now? So <laughs> things change. Yes. You know? uh, very, that's going to be very... I mean, it's, it's funny when, you, when I get on, I mean, you get on a really old flight on Delta to some of these smoke ashtrays. And I'm like, you can imagine smoking on an airplane now. I can't. Yeah, but when I was a kid, you could. But they they change the law, and that, it'll probably end up happening that way to an extent with uh, with pirating you know music and video. You know, it's, it's, it it has to if if people are still going to go on tour and try to make money at it. You know, do you think it would prevent bands from going on tour because of that? If, if no, so- no, I don't think so. I mean, I, not at all. Because I mean, touring is one of the, the biggest income streams that's still intact. You know, but I'm saying like if so. you're like if you're already like a big name uh, that you don't need to tour, I guess. A lot of bands are retiring. You notice a lot of bands are retiring because it's become for them just become a grind and they're getting older. I mean, I don't think it prevent a band from touring. I think they they have the wherewithal, like Jack White does, to enforce it. They would do it. But again, it's it's up to the band. You know, it's, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying everyone needs to do it or no one should do it. It's really based on a case by case basis. You know, that's fair. I was still I wanted like one good picture of Danzig, but. There are plenty. Yeah, yeah, of, uh, you know. There are plenty of memes out there that satisfy my, yeah. my dancing fix. <laughs> regardless, yeah, it's not that big of a deal, and I would rather have him have a good, you know, uh, feel comfortable performing, so I can enjoy the actual performance. So I mean, I do get yeah. it. As selfish as I, I, I kind of am, sometimes with like a picture and a video, and it's not the entire time. I've said uh, before. I forgot who I was mentioning this to, but when I finally saw Slash and Axel back on stage. You know, to get those first few moments, and I just found myself like lowering my phone without even thinking about it, and just. What you know, what what a lot of the big bands do is they have a staff videographer, and photographer that puts stuff out on social media that they approve. That looks really good and pro. Sure, you know, I mean, uh, cell phone video, it's good stuff. So you can still see the footage; it's just monitored by the band, so it looks good. You know. Oh yeah, no, they they have that. They have they do have that. But I I'm just saying, like even when I do, you know. Uh, because I guess I don't like to call myself a millennial. I'm like I'm a cusper. All right, I was born in '83. I remember not having the internet, so I don't want to be a complete millennial. But I still have traces of it yeah. in me. So I mean, yes, I will have my phone I, and look. I mean, I'm, I was born in '76, but I was I'm, I still have those things. Where I, I actually relate to people younger than me more than people that are older than me because I've always kind of looked at what's going on for the future. I don't I don't I don't look at it's got to be the way it was when I was young because that's 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 just closed-minded thinking, you know. Um, but if you look at what's going on, it's like, you know what, this is, I mean, to kids that are in their early 20s nowadays, they, they don't even think about paying for music. They don't know that music costs money at one point. To them, it's free, you know. Um, 
it, because they just get it off the internet. They can download it or they get it on YouTube, or whatever. And they, or, uh, for next to nothing on, you know, uh, Spotify or Rhapsody. And you know, I get it. Right, and I think what sells now, and that what like I guess to bring things full circle, was the branding because we were talking about the hookers and blow branding. Mm-hmm. Sell yeah, more branding, yeah. So it it could be the brand that's out there and nothing else. I don't think they see anything. Well, that's, else. You know, it, it, there's an old you know when I I, I just I took some classes at UCLA a few years back. I was in California for the, uh, you know music business courses, and one of the biggest things they drilled in your head was it's the brand, not the band. You know, you have these hardcore fans that sit on, you know, metal sludge and go, I'm not going to go see Kiss. Ace Frehley's not there. Okay, that's you. But to the average guy who goes to Home Depot on Saturday and, and, his, and Red Lobster on Sunday and knows Kiss is that big band with the makeup, he just wants to see the guys with the makeup and hear the songs. He doesn't even know it's Tommy Thayer or not Ace Frehley. And those are the people that really buy the tickets. Not the guys that sit on the message boards all day, you know. And you're right. That's the opinion that matters, you know. And we we discussed that, of course, with uh, with GNR when it was just uh, you know Axel and Ashba and Tommy Stinson. And yes, I still enjoyed those shows, but you know what's the real Guns N' Roses person? But it's the brand. I think that's what we have to say. It's, yeah. it's just the well, brand. Well, to you, you're a big for your big fan of, of music. You 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 see the difference. But I mean. I love the Red Sox, for example. I don't know who's – I can't name one player on the Red Sox, so I haven't watched a game in two years. But when I'm in Boston, I put my hat on, I go, and I root for them because I like the Red Sox. All right, now, well, I'm a Yankee fan, know? so, I mean, no one's perfect, but that's okay. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'll, but I'm, I'm a rare breed because I'm actually a Yankee fan, too. You can like, be a Yankee and a Red Sox you, you fan. Can, yeah, you can. you got to understand something. We're, the, the rivalry has kept baseball so interesting. you got to root for both of them because, I mean, who wants to watch the, you know – San Francisco Giants play the Brewers. I mean, what kind of, <laughs> that's not even baseball. I don't even know what that is. But it, I understand, you know, but I American can't. American League, Northeast, you know, yeah, no, I, 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 I go to Yankees games too because I live in Connecticut halfway between both sure. cities. But my point is, I don't know who's on the team. I don't follow it, but that's my team, you know. So, and bands are like that a lot. And there's been so many member changes in so many bands. You can't, you know, that guy's a scab. It's like, <laughs> you know, um, okay, I mean, this Does actually that really matter, right? This actually ties in like a lot of stuff because I, I again, work seems to be uh, on the same thought process. Uh, I usually compare like GNR or a lot of these bands, Quiet Riot, as a, a franchise, and I'll say like the Yankees, right? And you root for the jersey, you know, the players may change, yeah. but you still love the team. So, and the and, and, and the, the genre of music. I mean, you know, I I, I have to laugh too when I see these people attacking each other on the internet when they're claiming to be big fans of rock and roll. It's like, we're all kind of doing this together. Why argue? You know, you're arguing over nothing. You know, it's like Kmart fighting Walmart. So you do the same thing. You know, just relax. Then let me ask, There's bigger problems in this world. You're right. Then let me ask, because we, we were talking about, we talked about Kiss, uh, even though uh, my, my buddy Scott is no longer co-hosting. We brought up Kiss all the time, but they still come up, of course. Uh, but Paul Stanley believes that Kiss will live on once him and Gene retire. And you know that's what something we've talked about with with GNR and continuing and you know so like, and also like a band like Quiet Riot. Uh, what do you think about a band continuing with no original members? Because of course uh, I think I, last time we I, talked I, about holograms. Chance to do it. I think I think I think if any band could pull it off, it'd be Kids because they're kind of like superheroes. They have a costume. You know, it's like uh, it's like it's like Batman. There's been a million different Batmans until the Batman movie. Sure. There's been a million, you know, super. And there's, I mean, how many Batmans have there been? How many Jokers have there been? But you're yeah, but you're watching the Batman and the Joker. It's, you're right. That's a good. That's you a good, know, that's I like Jack movie. Nicholson and Michael Keaton. Okay, well, I like Val Kilmer and whoever. It's like <laughs> it's it's still Batman, and the people still go see him. 
You know, it's still Star Wars with a different cast and different characters. It's just right. the idea of it. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I think Kiss will do it. I could see them doing that because it's like they they could they could put find four guys that can pull it off musically and put the costumes on them, and people are going to go. You know, they will always. I mean, it might not be as big as it once was, and I'm sure that the message board will light up saying, "It's not real Kiss. I want Vinnie Vincent back." Okay, well, then you stay home, buddy. But guess what? <laughs> it's still going to sell tickets and make those guys a lot of money. So. More power to them. No, I I, I, I agree, and I completely uh, understand that. So uh, I guess with um, and looking like, I'll, I'll liken it to this. When I spoke to uh, Christopher Thorne from Blind Melon, and of mm-hmm. course, you know, losing, uh, you know, Shannon. I mean, that's losing. Yeah. That's losing the band in a sense. And you know, they found they weren't looking. They found a new lead singer years ago. And he said, and I'm sure, I'm assuming you will agree, it's these songs. I still like playing these songs. I'm sure Frankie yeah. feels that way. Yeah, and these songs deserved yeah, to be played yeah, and exactly. still heard. Absolutely, and, and you know what? If if bands like these, all these like um, metal tribute bands like Hairball or whatever go out and put the wigs on and, and play the songs, then people love them. Why can't the guy who helped write it and create it and build it do it? I mean, I, I really find that funny that. You know, you, you you get people get down on the, uh, people for going on touring without the original lineup, but they wrote the songs. Yet, the local cover band can go out and put on Kiss wigs, and they love them. You know, oh, they're they're, they're great. They're better than the real Kiss. It's like, <laughs> they, you know what? They might be better than the real Kiss, but they're not Kiss. They didn't write the songs. And say what you want about Ace Frehley or whoever, he's the guy, and you're not. So that's it. You know, yeah, and I agree. And you know what? The only people that have the right to tell Kiss what to do and what, how they should do it is Kiss or any band. Jeez, you know, Gene Simmons. It's, it's, their, it's their brand. You know, oh, you don't I, like it, don't come. I, Alex, we we're we're on the same page. We're simpatico again. I mean, we haven't spoken for a while, but I like the I like the cut of your jib. I like the way you think. <laughs> so no, thank it, you. It, uh, it it works, and I agree with you. Um, that's how I felt with again with with GNR. You know, I knew. I mean, yes, it felt good for me or cathartic to see Axel and Slash on stage, but I absolutely enjoyed the the gun shows with, yeah, with Buckethead. I've, I've, and, I've seen every version of that band, and every time I walk out going, you know what? You can't mess with that catalog of songs. They're always, he always has great players up there, and it's a show. And you know what? As long as people leave happy and and they get what they get what they paid for, and you know you, you play the hits and you're doing, you do it well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 you're never gonna make everybody happy. There's always gonna be people in the audience that are gonna run home to their computer and tell people, you know, they're gonna you know talk about how great it was if they were to ever meet the band in person. But if they go they get behind the computer, they talk about how terrible it was and how they should get you know so and so back in the band and this guy played the wrong note and you know so okay yeah but you know what it's a rock concert dude it's not the SATs right. just have to crack a beer have fun sing along remember why you started listening to rock and roll to begin with. Did you give this advice to uh, to James Durbin when he joined Quiet Riot, or he was already? Like, you no, know, he 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 was already very well seasoned in that because he was on Nash. He played in front of eight hundred million people on the, that final episode of Idol he was on. So he was used to being, you know, publicly criticized and and uh, and reviewed and you know picked apart. Because yeah, it's the same thing. He's used to it. He doesn't care. He's he's got a great 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 outlook on it. We giggled because it's usually like, uh, okay, and your point is what. Like, why are you telling me this? I don't come to Jiffy Lube and tell you how to do your job. No. <laughs> right, because you never know. Because, I, I mean, a lot of these people who have come out of, uh, you know, American Idol, a lot of these singing shows have a, a lot of talent, of course. Uh, but sometimes, I think it happened with that first rock star uh, show on CBS. 
I forgot. Oh, uh, uh, the NXS one? Uh, yeah, when the... Yeah. It's, so, it's like, okay, but it's not that band, and it's just it's giving somebody who has a lot of talent, and it's already enough pressure being on TV, but now yeah. to replace something else. So, I, But that's that's cool that he came in, you know, with the... He's with a natural. Skin. I mean, he really, he's a natural, and he just, he just slid right in, and, it, you know, there was not a lot to think about, because, you, you know, my mom, my family owned a, a music and dance school, you know, two generations back, back in Connecticut, and we had anywhere from three to 500 students a year in there playing every instrument, dancing, singing, you know, and at the end of the year, there'd be like two or three that were going to go on to do it professionally because as my parents used to say, you got it or you don't. Mm -hmm. If you don't have it, you don't have it. And certain people have it. Some people don't. You can sing, but you can't perform or you can perform, but you can't sing or you can't take criticism or you have stage fright. And, you know, it's just like me. I, I could never be a professional basketball player. And I probably won't ever be a professional NASCAR driver because I'm horrible at driving and playing basketball. But I accept that, so it's all good. You know, okay. you do what you do what you're good at. You know. All right, duly noted. We will never go uh, out. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't ever get in the car with me. <laughs> don't ever. That's why I didn't buy that DeLorean in Wisconsin. Thank God. Yeah, you were telling me that also off the air. I'm disappointed. Why you? Why didn't you buy the DeLorean? And you had well, an opportunity. You know, was, Tell me what happened. Yeah, I, I have. There's a, there's a promoter in in um, in Wisconsin that has a um a hangar in back of the venue, like where he stores boats and cars, and over the winter time, and um he had. Brand, like it was mint condition. It probably had, you know, 10,000 miles on it. Uh, you know, a, the DeLorean, you know, the one, brand new, mint condition. And, but, I mean, I'm like, how much? And he's like, I mean, they're really not worth a lot. They're, they're kind of, they're kind of a, a bad investment because they don't make them anymore. You can't get parts. You can't get it right. You can't get it fixed. They're, they're really, a, really a horrible investment, actually. And I was thinking about getting it and getting it painted pink and driving it around Vegas to be an asshole because that's <laughs> what they do. And, uh, and then, you know, my girlfriend goes, you realize if one thing goes wrong with that, you're not going to be able to get it fixed. Um, I'm like, yeah. She goes, and you realize if you're going to get pulled over every five minutes, I go, we're, we're in a bus with just hookers and blow. How, how worse can it get? I don't know. People might uh -huh. think that you're Marty McFly, you know. They, well, yeah. I, I was, they actually make a, a flux capacitor you can buy online, too. It like, lights up everything. Do they really? Wow. They make, yeah, some guy makes them. You know, that don't, of they course don't, they do. Light up. That's yeah, a, yeah. You know, why would I think otherwise? That's too funny. But, I mean, I guess you could, in the future, if you ever happen to come across another DeLorean, and it... If I had a DeLorean, I could go to the future, though. That's what I'm saying. See, I could look, you know. Oh, good That's, point. You're already making me sound that I didn't buy it. <laughs> good well, point. Let's but go find out. I'm even thinking, though, I, yes, I would want to drive it, but just to have it, just to say you have it. And, I don't know, maybe put, in, in the summer, especially even in Vegas, just keep it out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you. but it's also the kind of thing that in Vegas people are automatically going to want to key it and throw shit at it. Oh, you know? It's just yeah. It's it's, it's um, it, it just says I'm an asshole. I'm like, <laughs> you know, because there's no good reason to have a DeLorean in 2018, other than the fact that you just and when you open the doors, you have to park a certain way because they always nick the car next sure. door when it's open. Because when I when I parked it, I go, the guy goes, no, no, you got to park four feet this way. I go, why? He goes, watch. And he opened the door and it hit his own car. I'm like. Oh man, these things must do a lot of damage, or it did do a lot of damage. Oh, they're ridiculous. That said, yeah, but it, made, it made no sense. It made no sense, and they're, they're completely uncomfortable. Like they're not comfortable to sit in. But I'm thinking, you know? even when you again, when you sent that to me in an email, I'm like, maybe that could be part of like a state, like Stonehenge. It could be for hookers yeah, and blow yeah. or, or quiet riot. Because you know, you have. You know, I mean, they're, they're starting. They're starting. To, I think they're, they're going to reissue them, or someone's going to buy buy the uh, patent on it. Because there's a lot of you know, but but do them like more practical on the inside. I mean, because they're they're made out of freaking aluminum. They're really heavy. The doors are all heavy, and you know, it, it, it literally, it's like the worst car to even think about having. That which is why I kind of wanted it because it's. <laughs> 
It's so it's so outrageous and stupid. It's exactly what I want, you know. I got you. Um, and so, so, this is my sense of humor, you know. And this I do want to ask you. You mentioned this to me off air, and something else I feel I relate to you. Uh, you played Freebird, the show that I missed apparently in Queens, note for note, because I'm that guy that when it gets you're quiet, you're the guy that yells free, yeah, yell Freebird. Freebird. Yep, that's me. That's me. Well, you know, we that came about because uh, about ten years ago, Disney and I were doing this, this this private show in Florida, and you know, it's Leonard Skinner country, you know, and they really, they wanted to hear scared like the deep cuts, you know. So we learned to, like getting back my bullets and give me three steps and that smell and simple man, and we didn't learn Freebird, you know. Like it's kind of like when you do a Zeppelin, you you don't play Stairway to Heaven, you know, you just don't. Sure. If you do, you got to do it very. If you do, you got to do it really well. No Stairway so, denied. No Stairway denied. Yeah. <laughs> so we we. And Dizzy is a huge, huge Skinner fan. Look, the piano playing in this is amazing. Billy Powell is one of the greatest rock piano players ever. So he knows it note for note, and then I learned it note for note. So I said, you know what, let's just learn it. And one day, we're going to find the right moment to do it. And we were in New York, and it was just a really tough New York crowd. You know, like one of those crowds that, uh, they just, you know, they're like, you know, prove it to me. What, what show yeah, was that, though? Was that, where in New York was it? It was uh, in, at the Black Sword 51. Oh, so it was the show yeah. that I missed. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, we played it and now we did it a couple times before in the Midwest and people loved it. It went crazy, you know, and in New York people just were stunned. Like, how dare you play that song here? You what? know, because we did, we didn't play a minute of it. We played all eight minutes of it, which was hilarious. That is hilarious. And I would have, yeah. now and I wish I was it, there. I would have been in the guy, with the slow clap. I would have changed everything. Well, you know what? You know what? Half the crowd did the slow clap. One guy cried. There was a guy crying in the audience. A biker with like a big leather vest on, and you know, you I made, think he was had a gun on. He's crying. You made him cry because of Freebird. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and, he, and he wasn't. He was crying because he, you know, we hit him. We hit him where it hurts. You know, tugged on those heartstrings. Uh, uh, <laughs> wow. No, I love it, and that's a great. That is a great song. I mean, just for me song. being in classic rock radio. I mean, it's ruined a lot of uh, songs, but still. I mean, I've ne- I've never heard that song live, and. I would have been. I would have flipped I out. Saw Skinner I would have do flipped it live. out. I, I, yeah, I saw Skinner do it. And I, I, I know, I'll never forget. They played it twenty thousand people in Hartford, Connecticut, and they dropped the rebel flag, and everyone pulled their lighters out, and it was a moment. It was cool. See, there's you the know? full circle. Lighters, not cell phone flashlights. Well, they didn't. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. You would not see that though. Even 2018, you would not see cell phone like that at a Skinner concert. I no, no, they have a lighter app now. You can just put. You know, you actually, have a picture of a lighter. <laughs> yes, you know what? You're right. I probably would do that because yep. I'm an asshole. That's because that's kind of funny in a way. But oh yeah, no, and you know all it, all that stuff's fine. It's just you know, it's it's like okay, it's like when people bring out lighters when they able to play a ballad back in the day. But if you had people starting to bring like you know. Uh, flamethrowers or like, you know, it, it, you know, road flares. <laughs> like, okay, this is getting out of control here. We got to do something about this. That's kind of where it's going, you know. I mean, the worst ever was I, we did this show for Live Nation. Um, through Yahoo, it was for Yahoo. It was, it was broadcast live on Yahoo.com via Live Nation, and it was live, streaming live. They had ten cameras set up. Which uh, which band front. was this? It was, it was Quiet Riot Show a okay. couple years ago. Okay. And it was really, you know, you're concerned, but I you know, there's no fixes, there's no go back, you can't go back and do anything, it's just a live show. And the first song I walk out, and the guy in the front row pulls out a big iPad, and he had logged down on the club's Wi-Fi, and was streaming our concert while we're playing it and showing it back to us <laughs> in real time. That's it was weird. the most distracting, weird, annoying thing ever, and I had, I told security, I'm like, get the get this guy out of here, you know? I put it away. I didn't kick him out, but I'm like, come on. It was weird. I mean, I'm like, this is too much. This yeah, is like, who does okay. that? 
this guy, and this guy <laughs> he was like, dude, look, I got the Wi-Fi working. I'm like, way to go, buddy. <laughs> gold Good star. You, bro. <laughs> you, you, you gold star for you. Yay. That's... You figured out the club's Wi-Fi. You know? <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, Alex, I know you uh, You got to run. You just got a, a FedEx package, which may or may not be a flashlight. I have no idea. I will not judge it's you. Not a, no, no, it's not a flashlight. No, I um, I actually just set mine back. I burnt all the batteries in it. And, uh, yeah. Okay. No, <laughs> I've never seen a flashlight. I've actually never seen a flashlight, but I've seen something like it. Like um, some boarders would get molds made of their genitalia. Um, and guys would buy them. And I <laughs> I was dating a girl who did that, was in that profession, and she actually was doing the meet and greet, and guys were having her sign them. And I had to walk, take it over to the table to get her to sign it, thinking the whole time, this guy just fucked this thing in his truck, and I'm, I'm holding it. It was the grossest thing ever. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm not, and they go, Here, yeah, the guy just handed it over. Like, can, I get, can I get an autograph? Like, Oh my God! Really? Did oh, he clean wow. it? I, I guess he didn't clean it. I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't want know. to go there. I don't even want to go there. I'm sorry for me bringing it up. Hey, oh, you have a flashlight, man. You know, you, you started it. Because I was thinking, like, I was trying to make a joke of what you can have delivered that's nonchalant, and it, it and I got what I deserved. I, I yeah, got, you, you, you know what? But well, let's keep it on bottom row tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's it. That'll be it. It's going to be blabbermouth. Alex Grossi says uh, uh, flashlights are the new uh, are the new cell phone. I don't know whether they exactly. Yeah, <laughs> flashlight. <Not> flashlight. <laughs> flashlight. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. Uh, it yeah. would have been funnier if I didn't mess it up. Um, so where can I know we keep in contact uh, on on Facebook and Twitter? But where do you is that the best place to to reach you? Uh, Alex Grassi Music. Where can fans? Al- yeah, I mean my website's alexgrassimusic dot com, um, and, but my Facebook and Twitter are updated more often, obviously. And just I think there's a, there's a couple um Facebooks up there for me, and uh, there's an Instagram page as well. I don't run it, but it's updated every day. And uh, yeah, there's plenty of ways, and, and there's always good old fashioned just message me or send me an email, or you know. All my contact info is out there. I'm not hard. I'm not a hard guy to find. No, just a hard guy to to book because you're so busy, and that's why. Uh, yeah. You know, not once, but twice being on the AFD show. I can't. Uh, I can't thank you enough for doing that. And oh, anytime, man. Let's do it again. I mean, you know, there's always going to be. I mean, you know, the funny thing about hookers and blows, it never seems to end. So we'll always have something to talk about, and uh, you know, the shows that we're doing. I mean, they just got contracted, and I'm kind of. I kind of announced them on your show first. They're not really. All of them are, aren't really out there yet. So, you know. Go awesome. to our Facebook. You'll see them. You'll get able to get tickets and all that. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good spring. We're excited to be doing it. And when you come back out to the East Coast, I will make sure I'm not working with Keith Sweat that night. And because uh, I have to make it out too, especially if you may randomly bust out Freebird. The fact that I missed that. Is... Uh, well, you know, if we do New York game, we'll definitely play it again because <laughs> it's now it's starting to sound really good. Actually, you know, because okay. we never properly rehearsed it, but now it's like, man, this is actually good. You know, like okay, let's do it. And yeah, and then we'll do it. And uh, I'm trying to think of other places we should do it that's just completely inappropriate. Like, uh, if we ever go to Europe and play it every night, I'm sure that'll go over great over there. You know? The best part is you're having fun. I mean, like, you and Dizzy are yeah. serious bands. You know, of course, GNR and Quiet Riot, respectively. But that you're able to, you know, go across the country and just have fun doing this. It's just, you don't see you know, that too often. It's from... great, yeah, and you know what? It's, it's, it's so nice to go out with guys. You know, I mean, even when the bus would have like a the engine trouble and we'd take 12 hours to do a three hour drive, all we did was sit and talk shit and, and crack jokes in the front of the bus and have fun. It was like, um, 
a fishing or a camping trip. It wasn't like work, you know. And when we all do these, you know, serious gigs full time, it's nice. It's a nice little break and vacation. And we're all buddies, you know. We're all great friends, you know. Even if we didn't play shows, we'd still hang out with each other, you know. So it's very fun. cool. And you just never know who's also going to possibly show up and and fill in. No, yeah, the LA show we have coming up is a lot of very cool guests coming out because it's the first show we've done since Disney's record came out. So uh, ooh, okay. it's going to be stacked. For, you know, I mean, I've got the guest list already. I'm already working on the guest list. Like, man, I hope there's enough room upstairs there. So All it's right. going to be cool. All right. I know certain things will be revealed when they're meant to be revealed, but I appreciate uh, everything you've, you've shared with uh, me and my audience uh, thus far. And, yeah, you're, uh, of course, you're, you're always welcome back as uh, Alex. You will always be a, uh, a bad apple. And if I have my sound bites up, I can actually play it. <laughs> There we go. Nice, yeah. See, I don't know what you call yeah. your your quiet riot fans, uh, rioters, but I mean like Taylor Swift has their Swifties, and but so we have yeah. our bad apples here. That's what I'm bad trying. apples, a good one. Yeah, no, we you know it's uh, bad. I like that. It's funny. I haven't heard that song in forever. I gotta listen to that record. Oh, all right. Well, you're welcome for That's the two seconds of it. We've never we've never played it live, so you know I've never I never would not actually play it. So, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, we've got our. I don't know if we have hookers and blow. I named some the hookers and blow fans. Maybe uh, I don't know blowheads or <laughs> I don't know. You know the, the deplorables, the real deplorables. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because calling them hookers would be too obvious. Blowers, I don't no. know. If it would be. It would be embraced. Yeah. No, no, you just you know. We'll, we'll figure people something. People like. Yeah, well, you know, we don't have a lot of fans anyway, so, we'll, <laughs> you know. Well, you all individually have a lot of fans that you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing too. I want. I, I always like standing on. I like a, a band like that to stand on its own. Like I hate when it's always featuring members of and the, you know the the logo of the members of bands is bigger than the band itself. It's like, you know, I mean, you got to do it for booking and for our key value. But you sure. know, I I always think it's cool when a band comes out and they don't fly that flag. You know. Yeah, no, so I, I agree. You had, like, we talked on earlier. You you uh, have this unique perspective of being in a musician for in being a, uh, being a musician for so long and and I, how long have you been an agent booking I I I've, I've been playing I've been doing this professionally touring since uh, I was 19 so and I'm 41 now so you know over 20 years of that and I became an agent in 2011 so uh yeah 8 years of that almost almost, almost 8 years and uh it's yeah it's no, no signs of slowing down. It's really just it's expanding a lot because with it, one thing about being an agent, it, it, there's no there's no ceiling. You can book 25 bands at a time if you want to, because you're not playing in a band. You're you're not committed to be anywhere. You just work from your office, so it can grow very fast. And I'm noticing now. I'm getting a lot of phone calls from people wanting me to help you know book them. And it's like there's only so many hours in the day, and there's only so many computer computers you can have open at one time. But um, it's a quality problem to have. You know, I like it, and it also gives me life after touring which you know you can't tour forever you know i don't care who you are so you never know you nice, you, know? you have a future and i think in in radio my friend so you have an open invitation oh, radio. To be, yeah, uh... i've always kind of i've always kind of liked doing radio too you know <laughs> i've never uh a lot of times get nervous when they go on there I, I like it i think it's funny because after you're done doing it, you go i just talk to eighty thousand people or whatever you know like i'd be on some big radio station back east and you don't realize when you're doing it and then you know oh wow that's cool but if you can, you know, feel comfortable with it, I think that's eighty percent of being on the radio, right? Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yep. It's just to be comfortable, and you know, while I don't have eighty thousand listeners, you know, I definitely have thousands of people who well, listen. But online, it can, if you do something that goes viral online, you could, you never know with that. Because, oh, of course. You know, that there's, I mean, there's things that 
I mean, there are certain things I've seen go up on the internet, and it, it's got a million views by the end of the day for some reason. That that's that's you know that's get, that's reaching people. I don't oh, really sure. do that. But I mean, like a recent interview with uh, Alan Niven was picked up by like ten different rock news outlets, including Blabbermouth and you know Alternative Nation and Loudwire, a lot of different places. So I mean, I know when you. As you've learned, you can do a small little radio interview and things can blow up, of course. But my thing is just uh, if you want to start small and you have an open invitation to be, you know, to co-host an episode with yeah. me. And uh, I, before I you get big, and be, before you be, before you become the uh, the Ryan Seacrest of rock and roll, all right? No, I, well, yeah, I, that, that, I guess he, he probably makes pretty good money, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yes, he does. Now, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to do that and we'll pick the right guest and have fun with it. Um Oh, you, yeah, you did something on TV I, before you go. What's uh, that? Because um, I know Stephen did uh, an episode, the AX. Oh yeah, yeah, Access Television, Access dot com. Um, it was um, they interviewed about twelve different people for the best cover song, the best uh, war era song, the best guitar riff, the best ballad, and it was um, Vinnie Paul from Pantera, myself, a couple of the guys from Warrant, Stephen Adler, Lita Ford, Eddie Trunk, Dan Rather, if you can believe that. <laughs> Um, the kid from TMV with the surfer-looking dude from TMV. Oh, yeah. okay. No, you know what? He actually knows his shit with rock and roll. He's big, well, a big rock fan. He's he's still that guy. But he's, he's a big <laughs> okay. Um, as long as he's that uh, guy, I'll have it. I'll have so, yeah, this. and um, um, uh, Kenny Arnoff did it. Uh, a couple of uh, Matt, uh, Matt Pinfield. A lot, yeah. a lot of a lot of legit guys in it. I haven't. I don't get access. If I haven't seen it, but that's the little clips. It looks pretty right, cool. You're so. getting your your media, you know, out there. You know, your broadcast out there. TV. Yeah, you know, radio. I mean, any any press is good press, whether it's negative or positive, whatever. If you're getting, if they're talking about you, it's good. And you know, like Reggie Jackson always said, fans don't boo nobody's. You know, because you know. Yeah. So if you're getting booed, you're doing something right. Or, you know, I mean, so, he used to go wherever, wherever the Yankees would play, he'd get booed, and he, he used to laugh at it because he's the only guy getting booed. He was happy about it. I yeah. love it. I start episode 51 making a Bernie Williams reference, and now we can wrap it up making a Reggie Jackson reference. Yankees yeah. bookending the show. Even though you yep. Mr. Red Sox, that's fine. No, I, 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 <laughs> I, I guess I guess I, I guess being a Yankees fan doesn't really count as a Sox fan, though. No, it's yeah. it's like yeah. I, I'm, I'm well, I wore my to, hat yeah. Yankee Stadium, and that didn't go over too well. No, yeah, you no, got to be I, careful. I, 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 well, yeah, oh, especially up in the bleachers where everyone's all dry. I mean, well, certainly the same way. If you were Yankees, have the 10-way in the bleachers, so lynch you, you know? Yeah, well, I'll just say this. When I lived in uh, I lived in Cape Cod for a couple of years when I was doing radio mm-hmm. there, and, you know, of course, a Yankee fan, uh, I never wore anything Yankees when I went to go visit Boston because I'm like, I'm 5'6", I'm small, I, I, I don't know. They're going to spit in your food, they're going to spit in your food, they're going to key your car. I mean, you, yeah, you, just, no, you just never know. People are crazy, but I, I did wear, yeah. I would wear it out uh, just in Cape Cod. And yeah. I remember going to the Cape Cod Mall, wearing my Yankee hat, and this guy, friendly, stopped me. He's like, so, you get to buy a new hat? I'm like, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, still, Cape Cod's still Boston territory. Very it is, but I guess didn't, I knew it wouldn't be as intense. So I, <laughs> oh, well, pretty yeah. much, pretty, it's pretty much pretty close. Yeah, I, well, I will say uh, I did risk it. Uh, I did wear a Yankees Don, Johnny Damon shirt, so that's confusing and running oh, that's, in. Yeah, that's really, uh, that's really... Yeah, so a couple yeah. of girls came up to me in a bar, not in a good way. They said, you're pretty brave to wear that. But I didn't think they would beat me up, so uh, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I... Oh, yeah. I, yeah, those, those things do happen, but but you are allowed. I'll just say, you know, because you don't seem to be overly <laughs> invested. I mean, I don't even know if you know No Mark Garcia Power hasn't been on the team oh. in years. Oh, no, no, I was actually at one of his last games. That's what, I stopped really going to games around that time. 
Okay. Because I moved to L.A. full-time. And, oh, so before and LA, they won. I, I actually was in the air when they won in 2004, and after that, it was like, I was, I was flying to South America, and after that, I was like, okay, they did it. I kind of felt like, my, you know, I did my job by rooting for him. But then, you know, <laughs> I, and, and, and in L.A., these baseballs not nearly as big as it is back east. It's not, it's not like it is. No, you know, it would have been interesting to see the Dodgers make the World Series this year. but Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it definitely would have. And uh, I really wanted to see the Cubs win. I'm sorry, I wanted to see the Indians win, you know. Um, when they for play, now, I want to see Charlie Sheen. While know? they're still the Indians, and here's also full circle because we talk about the controversy of hookers and blow. Now, uh, you, I don't know if you know that they have to change the the logo. The Chief Wahoo logo is now deemed because uh, because of uh, Native Americans. Or... Okay, yeah, okay. Is that really happening? Yes, this year. Um, I think well, actually no. Ne- next year, I think they're going to phase everything out. But this is I don't even think it's mainly from like from tribes because this has been a topic of discussion for years. But I just think yeah. uh, maybe some sponsors and people just finally made it happen because the Redskins aren't changing their name, uh, but they're they're not publicly. Tr- I think they're they don't own the rights anymore. I think anyone right. comes. South Park did an episode about that. I love it. South Park well, talks you know, about everything. Slash is it yeah, real? They get they get away with a lot on that show. But uh, I could see I could see that. I mean, you know, I, I could see a sponsor, a high up sponsor, who spends a lot of money saying, "No, we don't want to be a part of that." I mean, that's that's what really changes all, pretty much everything. Like. When a sponsor pull and the money goes away, then everyone, you know, takes notice and makes a change, you know? All right, so if maybe if hookers and blow get really big, we'll just start calling you H&B. We'll see what happens. We're doing a signature vodka, and the vodka company came back and said they will not put our logo on their label. So I had and I had our artists do an H&B logo. Mm-hmm. It looks just like J&B, but with a cocaine font. And they said there's no stores that will carry it, you know? And uh, the same thing, I'm, I'm talking. we were talking to a couple um Believe it or not, cologne companies to make an H and B fragrance. <laughs> what would you smell like? <laughs> no, you know I, I was thinking it'd be a great bachelor party gag gift hookers and blow like put it, make it like a Dracar bottle all black with a white, you know. Sure. Um, anyway, this is a goof, and, and a lot of places are like you know Target and Walmart will not put that on the shelves. They just won't. Yeah. You know? Well, I guess I have, yeah. Everything full circle. I mean, with GNR and their first uh, album art. I mean, this has always been. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotta fight that. that Gotta fight the fight. They'll probably fly today. They'll probably get away with that today, I imagine. Yes, now that they're like a brand and who they are, yeah, because they'll they'll bring in the money, so nobody cares. A lot of times it really just comes down to money. And, uh, you know, if if the sponsors are happy because things are coming in, great. But, I mean, you know, if they're they're looking for a reason to pull you, they'll they'll use that first, you know. I mean, I've seen it a million times. Like, I mean, there's a lot of places that say they won't book us because of the name, but the truth of the matter is they just don't want the show, which is fine, you know. But don't, you know, be honest with me. Just, just don't, don't say that on the name. There's far worse things out there, you know. Absolutely. And if they only got to know you, you played uh, for an old folks' home. What nice young gentleman you are. Maybe they'll. Just they, once they get to know us, they really don't want. The show. <laughs> well, yeah. I got to know you a little bit more uh, as our second episode together, Alex. Uh, as I mentioned before, you're always welcome back, If you, whether it's a guest or if you want to co-host. And if you want to start uh, practicing your, your radio chops, um, I'm still practicing mine and, and play interviewer. You, you, the invitation is I, always Yeah, you open. know, I, I love to do that. There's a couple, there's a, I see, a couple of my friends do it out here in Vegas. Um, I, you know, I, I think I've got to find the right guest that I want to talk to and pick their brain and, you know. Yeah, let me let me think about it. I, I know it'll come to me like at three o'clock in the morning. And I'll send you a text and we'll figure it out. You know, there'll be something that pops into my head. But yeah, we'll make it. We'll make something cool out of it for sure. If you ever want to co-host when if and when Dizzy Reed comes on, you can do that too. 
sure. I mean, I've done, we've done a lot of radio together. I don't know. I know he's doing press for his new record, but I, you know, again, I don't know much because the record came out in Australia, and I think it's it's going to come out in America. I don't believe it's physically released here in the states yet. You can, no. but you can go on Amazon and download it and iTunes and whatnot. But I, I had I got my copy sent to me from the label in Australia. They don't have a distributor in America yet. So no, and I think when, that's, that, ha- when that happens, I'm sure he'll be doing a lot of press. Because so. I would, if anything, I would love to be, you know. Uh, not a complete fly on the wall, but just to hear you interview Dizzy, I think would be a cool experience. Oh yeah, we, we oh god, the stories we we got. It's funny you ever you ever have all these stories and things that you've done that you forget about till you see the person you did them with. <laughs> you go, oh yeah, like I got friends from high school. Like I forget about these horrible, you know, stupid juvenile things I did, and then. I'll go back home to play a gig, and I oh I walk I walk on I walk out on the stage at Mohegan Sun and look in the front row and go oh there's that dude I lit the place on fire with there's <laughs> the guy we we burnt the laundromat down we robbed the subway you know we now shit like that but well, you know all these things you do when you're in high school you know stupid shit you do as a kid and I always forget about it until I see those people in person. This will be the the last thing that I ask you because you just reminded me because Stephen Adler said he's coming out with a book. It's going to be the, the the shit that my friends said that I did. And he doesn't remember. <laughs> I love that. I think it's brilliant. So hey, you I mean, know what? Are you I'm contributing kidding. to that? I'm kidding. Are you contributing I, to that? Oh, I I definitely could. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because I mean, I toured with him for twelve years, and there's things that I'll I'll see him. I go, Hey, remember that time in Canada? I'm like, No. I go, Stephen. You don't remember the time in Canada when you flooded the hotel and we got thrown out and the police came? No, what happened? I go, how do you not remember that? <laughs> and I told him the story. Like, That's a really good story. I'm like, yeah, dude, and it really happened. You know? <laughs> so Hey, you know, I, I fault him not because I burned uh, way too many brain cells. Uh, oh, yeah, no, he, you know, he, but his book's, you know, really honest because I was there for the right, you know, when he was not writing it, but, you know, giving the stories and the, the content to the writer. And that shit, that shit happened. And he's, he's not a guy to, to, to stretch the truth. He really does kind of tell it like it is, to be very honest. So sure. it's just a matter of what he remembers. You sure. Know? Well, and, and again, if maybe one day uh, you can, I would love to hear you interview Stephen and tell him the things that he, he does not remember. Amazing. But uh, that is then, this is now. Uh, Alex Grossi, uh, thank you so much for, for coming on again, the AFD Show. I think you're my, my first um, repeat guest. Not that I, cause oh, I mentioned Because I, I mentioned other guests to you uh, that we have coming up. Jack and Lou. Um, mm-hmm. We talked to Mike Squires. So a lot of guests coming up. But uh, I knew you had a lot of things going on with Hookers and Blow and Quiet Riot. So I want to make sure I got one of my favorite... My, my bad apples to come in here before you nice, are. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I timed that well this time before you're off well on done. tour and, again. And I'll definitely, I'm sure in six months I'll have a lot more to tell you with, with uh, whatever crazy shit I get myself into and or, or whatever crazy shit I do and then the internet tells it. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Right on, Alex. Cool, man. Cool, man. Have a good weekend. Bye. You too. Very cool. Can't wait to talk to uh, Alex Grassi again. So I guess he is a, a regular now of the AFD show. More updates on uh, Hookers and Blow and what's going on with uh, with Dizzy Reed. Uh, he can let us know what's... I mean, he books Adler's Appetite, but he's not the manager, so he knows some stuff. It's just very... It's interesting uh, to get his perspective, not just on what's uh, relevant to the, the GNR world, but just the rock world in general. Uh, I agree with... Yes, the cell phone rule could be frustrating at times if you want a picture, like I guess did with Danzig, but I guess you have to... This is the world that we live in now, and uh, I guess I can always get a picture of Danzig somewhere else. Uh, but I didn't get, didn't get a chance to do this at the beginning because I wanted to talk to uh, to Alex right away, so we'll do it at the end. News! 
Uh, we'll make a brief. Uh, I do want to thank, because uh, the last episode, episode 50, thank you to everybody who reached out for that episode. Uh, first, thank you goes to Raz Q, who set up the entire thing with Rob Gardner, the original drummer of Guns N' Roses. And it was unleashed a interview, a radio interview that hasn't been heard in over 30 years, a 1985 interview that featured Izzy talking, for one, but introducing, you know, Rob and introducing Tracy and Axel, who was late, <laughs> which was just uh, funny. And then and Duff, because unfortunately Ole had uh, had passed before then. So, of course, thank you to Raz. Thank you so much to, uh, to Rob Gardner. Thank you to all the, the new fans that came in for that episode. Just amazing. Um, and we will say this, um, ending the episode, and uh, we'll see what – hopefully we can expand upon this in future episodes because I know there are some big – uh, Izzy Stradlin and Juju Hound um, fans out there. Maybe we'll, we'll ask Alan Niven on again. But uh, since this just happened, um, and Izzy tweeted about it, I got to say condolences to our Charlie uh, Quintana, uh, the drummer for the Juju Hounds. He's played with uh, Social D, just a really respected uh, drummer. And you'll see the outpouring love come out from a lot of different people. I believe Art Tavana actually interviewed him a few years ago for his uh, – our buddy Art Devana, uh, for his uh, LA Weekly uh, Izzy uh, article that won some awards. So he did interview him a, a few years ago. Shame that I never got to speak with him. Just, uh, you know, condolences to family and friends. It's very difficult, and music heals us. So uh, Izzy does not tweet often, so he did uh, I'll just say what he said. Uh, well, he did say condolences to Charlie Quintana's uh, family, friends, uh, excuse me, family, friends, and fans. Charlie Quintana was a great drummer and bandmate in the 92 era of Juju Hounds. Charlie Quintana had an extremely well-developed sense of humor, and his contributions to music are, uh, as a percussionist are vast. So that's from Izzy Stradlin. So he did speak up and for good cause because he lost a friend, and that's just really sad. So sorry to end this on a sad note. I guess I kind of do that sometimes here on the AFD show. Um, but we can look forward to more shotgun news. I'll tell you this part. Uh, future guests, I don't like to usually announce I say that, but I've been getting a lot of confirmation from people. Uh, Jim Florentine, uh, I mentioned that uh, briefly. I don't know. I, th- I know I've mentioned that on uh, Facebook and Twitter, but I don't think I mentioned it on the show. So if that's a shock to you, yes, Jim Florentine from the from that metal show, of course, a great comedian, uh, is going to be on uh, uh, coming up. He did that interview. If you don't remember, it was him, Don Jameson, who I had on last time with Alex Grassi, and Eddie Trunk uh, interviewed Axel and, and DJ Ashbaugh, uh, which was a, a unique experience. Why and Don, if you don't recall, explained why Ashbaugh was kind of, kind of there, and it was cool that he was there. Um, also going to be talking with uh, Jack Lou, the uh, the first photographer for Guns N' Roses who went to Fairfax High School, the Degrassi Junior High of of GNR, it seems to be. Uh, also, Tommy uh, Hollinston. I, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his, his name right now. I'll, I'll ask him that. If you're not familiar, and he asked me this, and I'll tell you how I know who he is. Uh, a lot of these social media platforms, sometimes they'll recommend profiles based upon who you like, and of course ads, but uh, this was a, his profile was recommended to me on Instagram, on Instagram. And it's because Slash likes a lot of his stuff. I'm like, okay. He's a painter, by the way. He's just a painter. I shouldn't say just a painter, uh, because for one, his paintings are amazing. Because Slash am- among is just one of his celebrity clients, but he's also handicapped. He does all his paintings in his wheelchair, with the wheelchair wheels. I mean, I want him to explain it, but he's an upcoming episode. And if you don't, if you're a new fan of the show, 
I also have a physical disability, uh, neuro, uh, neurological, uh, wear leg braces and have a cane. So that's why it, uh, it will be a unique perspective because I just want to ask him, like, how do you go to concerts? I always have to find, like, best handicap uh, seating. Uh, Roberta Freeman, uh, of course, I, I've mentioned her before, but she wants to call before she goes on tour. So we're still back and forth a little bit. Uh, Eric Valentine. Uh, he was uh, the producer on uh, one of Slash's records. I'm sorry, I'm just forgetting at the time. I know he's done a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but we were supposed to talk to him a few months ago, but he had a new baby boy. So uh, we're working on scheduling that. Uh, Ernie C. from Body Count. Um, we're supposed to work out a date with him as well. I feel like there's other ones that I'm, I'm just for, forgetting that uh, that are just coming on. That it's just going to be – it's just been really cool the way this AFD show is going. And you're helping. And just continue to help by – Spreading the word, sharing, Facebook, Twitter, all of that fun stuff. And the more guests that I get, the more guests that you get. That's how it works. I don't get paid for this. I do this for it's, it's a labor of love. I happen to work at iHeartMedia. I'm lucky that this is on the iHeart uh, uh, Radio app, but it's also on iTunes. It's also on Spreaker. But uh, this is just, I do this for fun. And you listen for fun. And that's it for, the, uh, for episode 51 of the AFT show. So, again, please follow, subscribe, and uh, until next time, well, when is next time going to be? Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. You've been listening to the distorted minds of Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at The AFD Show and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The AFD Show. security, I'm going home.